everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by a living legend. Someone I am so excited to speak to. Everyone knows I speak to lots of people. This person I'm very excited to speak to, the one and only Miss Donna Mills. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How is that for your introduction today? Not bad. I like it. <laughs> what is going on with you? How are you? What's been going on today? Uh, today? Today I already went to the grocery store, which I haven't been doing much lately. I've been having it delivered, but today I went. Um, and, you know, I mean, trying to stay safe and healthy and all that. I know. What's going on? Because I have a lot of friends. I take it you're in Los Angeles, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. And what's going on? Like, I'm in New York City. So, like, are you guys fully still locked down? I forgot what the latest was. No, they opened the outdoor dining again um, about a week or so ago. And, uh, but I haven't been to a restaurant in a year. Wow. I know. I've been staying home. You know, I've been, I've been, and I was out West once, but in general. Well, you know, the thing is in New York, people are, we have outside dining and people are eating outside and it's not Los Angeles. It's literally freezing. And I'm like, I walk by and I'm like, I don't understand how this is remotely enjoyable for anyone involved. I have a friend who lives there and she and I uh, and two other girlfriends, tennis pals, talk every Friday. We have talked Zoom uh, every Friday since the pandemic started. Wow. uh, She tells us about it there and she said, it, you know, and she goes, she said, you get snowflakes in your pancakes. That's just the way it is. I wish that I, I wish I was okay with that. I'm just like stay home. It's so comfortable at home, right? I, I agree. But I think people have this desire to, to, you know, be out there. Totally. Well, our good friend that we have in common, Gregory Zarian, tells me to say hello. We have to give him a shout out because he was, you know what it is, Donna? I talk to so many people and everyone's like, oh, you, you, you want to speak to this person? I'll, I'll make it happen. So when Greg told me he was going to oh. He's get you a- on my show. I didn't believe, I mean, I believed him. I believe that he meant it because he's a wonderful person. I just didn't think it was actually going to happen. Yeah, no, he's, he's a doll. He's my boyfriend. I mean, he's been my boyfriend since I met him. I don't know. We met on, um, um, uh, what's the, was uh, it general? It wasn't general hospital, was it? No, no, it was, no, it was way before that. It was, uh, the, plastic- Oh, nip talk, nip talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know how that could, cause that's on my list of things I need to talk to you about. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Of course it's nip talk. Yeah. Cause you guys weren't on general hospital at the same time. I don't no, think. No, I didn't we think so. We didn't know each other then, but uh, ever since nip talk, we've been past friends. He's, he's an amazing guy. I love him. Well, he says that you're his girlfriend too. And he's like, make sure you tell her I said hi. So <laughs> this is him sending his love. And I truly do. You know, like, you know how it is in this business. You meet so many people and you just bond with certain people and you love. Yeah. So like, I love yep. Gregory. Nothing to do with the business, just like a true person. Yeah. Yep. So next time you come back, we don't have to go back and rehash the past. We can talk about everything going on. But the first time I chat with people, I like to get to know them. So you're from Chicago, right? I am, Yes. And growing up, was it always acting for you? Like, did you always know you wanted to be an actress or you went in a bunch of different directions? No, no. I started out as a dancer. Wow. I, I, that's, 
from the time I was five years old, that is all I wanted to do. I wanted to be a dancer. And I, I was a dancer. I worked as a dancer for probably about four years, three or four years. I started out doing summer stock, you know, in Chicago and in Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, and then uh, went to New York and worked as a dancer in New York to industrial shows and all that kind of stuff, you know. Wow. And then I, 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 you know, locked into some acting roles. And you just loved it or that's just, you just got a job and the jobs just kept coming after that? Well, the jobs kept coming and I at some point realized that the life of a dancer was pretty short. Yeah. Career. Um, and as much as I loved it, uh, I wanted to have it for the rest of my life. So when the acting opportunities presented themselves, I, you know, took them. And one of them was a, was a new soap opera in New York, Love is Many Splendor Thing. So that was like a big deal, putting a new soap on the air. Right. And that was, you know, that was, uh, that was one of the things that projected me in the acting way. And I know one of the roles I was reading about, one of the roles that you worked on was a, the short-lived sitcom, The Good Life with our friend, Larry Hagman. Yes, yeah, that was, that was amazing. That was the first thing that I did down here in LA after I did Play Misty for me. I did that up in Carmel, then came here. I'd never lived here before. I was living in Jessica Walter's guest house. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and... Um, uh, and, and, you know, had the good fortune of working with Larry. I mean, he was the most amazing, wonderful guy. And he and his wife, Mai, really took care of me when I was first here and totally green and didn't know anything and everything. They really watched out for me and it was really nice. Larry kind of took you under his wing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've heard only like amazing things. I've met a bunch of the cast of Dallas, but I've never met Larry Hagman. Yeah. What, and then, you know, so you've done a lot of different things and obviously this all led to your being cast in, you know, the role that you are most known for, the amazing Knots Landing. <laughs> did you, did Larry have anything to do with that? Just because, I mean, that's where my mind goes because it's a spinoff of Dallas or he had nothing to do with that. He, he didn't really. It was, you know, it was just one of those things. I had seen the casting breakdown on it and I was looking for a role <clears throat> that wasn't a goody two shoes, which I'd played a lot of. Right. Uh, and wasn't a victim, which I'd played a lot of. And I saw that role and I said to my agent, I said, I want that role. And he called them up and they said, Oh, well, we, well, we know Donna. She's great. She doesn't have to come in and read or anything. No, no, that's fine. I said, No. If I don't go in and read for them, they will never give me this role because they don't think I can do that. So make sure, get me a reading. And I bugged the shit out of him until he, until he finally said, okay, they'll see you. And I went in and I read and an hour later, they called and said, you've got the role. Wow. How did you prepare? Because, you know, I guess it was against type at that point, or you just always had it in you and you're just like, Let, I, I, I know this is the role for me. I, I just knew, you know, it just felt right. And part of the reason I was so right for it was because I didn't look like it. I did look like the sweet, you know, innocent person, which made her all the more interesting that she wasn't. Yeah. 
And did you know when you went into the audition, like, could you tell, like, I just nailed that? I mean, could you ever tell, like, as an actress? Or, yeah, you pretty much could. And that one, I, I remember that I did. I really? I, whatever I felt in the room, whatever vibe was going on, was, it felt really right and really good. And, you know, I, I just I felt like I, I nailed it. You know, and that's that's a feeling you don't get very often. <laughs> as really, an actress, you know, you just that doesn't particularly in readings. Readings are so hard. Really, but it was it, it felt really really good. It, it it just was right from the very beginning. Were there right? I mean, I guess you go into certain readings and you're just like, I nailed that, and then you don't get the part. And other times you're like, that was horrible, and then you get a call. Yes, exactly. Wow. <laughs> And how much, I mean, was there, because I mean, Dallas was a hit, you know, I mean, it wasn't, you know, the 10 years in, but I mean, Dallas was somewhat successful at that point. I mean, you must've been like, this is going to be a big thing because it's a spinoff of Dallas. Although I understand with TV, you can never tell, but that must've been somewhat exciting. Like, did you know it was like, you know, your big break? Did you know this was going to be, you know, I assume you didn't know it was the role that technically people refer to you as, you know, for more than others. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I had never seen the show. Wow. And I only saw that breakdown of that role and knew I wanted. I didn't know what the show was about. I thought it was a show about a houseboat with Andy Griffith. Did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, no, you're not alone. And there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shredding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth, of course, takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in around three to six months. Listen, it actually really works. I'm not going to mention any names, but a family member of one of the RHONJ, Real Housewives of New Jersey, I know has been on this for around two years, and I saw a huge difference in her hair growth. Listen, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show, Behind the Velvet Rope, by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code VELVET to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to u.s customers for a limited time plus free shipping on every order get 15 dollars off at neutrafol.com and that's spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l neutrafol.com and the promo code is velvet enter that and you get 15 dollars off when you subscribe you'll receive automatic monthly delivery so you never miss a dose what are you waiting for? Nutrafol.com promo code VELVET. Start restoring your hair and your confidence today. Not really. It's a weird name. Anyway. Well, that would make sense, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so I, at first, I didn't know. I knew it was a role that I wanted. I knew the produ- one of the producers and, you know, I, I knew it was a good show. But I had no idea that it was going to be what it was until like the second and third year. 
The second and third year, they kind of turned it around because they, they made it serialized. At first, it was each episode stood alone. Oh, wow. And it was very episodic. And um, I actually, not that this is why they did it, but I said to them, I said, you have to serialize this. You can't, if you end the, the if you satisfy the audience at the end of every show, why are they going to come back? You need to give them a hook. Give them something that they want to come back for the next week because they don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, and so they started to do that the second season and uh, actually the third season. And it really worked. You know, once people were hooked, then they, you know, and at that time it was wonderful because it was appointment television. People would, you know, get their friends together and watch it together. And it was an, it was an event. Yeah. I mean, numbers in TV back then were huge. Yeah. I mean, you we would have, you know, 80, 90 million viewers. Yeah. It just doesn't happen for any one show. No. Right. And otherwise, if it wasn't serialized, it might have just gone on to, you know, be like a nice little sweet show that had its moment, but it became like a bona fide nighttime soap. Was the role described to you, because I know people refer to it as this, like, was it on paper, like, this is a female J.R. Ewing? Like, that's the type, or that whenever was translated to you? No, I think that came from the press, more or less, the female J.R., you know. Right. No, she was just the person who was going to stir up the pot. Right. She was going to move into that cul-de-sac and, you know, that nice suburban, you know, calm, beautiful life cul-de-sac and just stir it up. I (laughs) love it. That's what she did, you know, and and that was what was so fun. I got to have those storylines. Right. And I imagine it's so much more fun to play a victim than, you know, not not to play the victim or the damsel in distress, but to play like the victim. It's got to be more fun, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so many more layers. Yeah. If it's written well, if it's written like, I watched something recently, I, I won't say what what it is, but every character, you knew exactly what they were. The bad guys were the bad guys. The good, and it was like boring. I turned it off. Because the the fun of it is that you don't always know. You know, this person seems, oh, they're, they're, they seem like a nice person. Oh, what did they just do? <laughs> you know, and it just right. keeps you interested. And that's, that's why that kind of character is so fun. Because you don't, you can't predict it. Right. And I imagine there's something exciting about, okay, she is a vixen and has this evil side, but finding the humanity in that. And, you know, because like there were so many times where you're like, I mean, not so many times, people loved Abby, you know? So that's the thing. Like you really love to hate her, but you also loved her. And so that must be as an actress, like such satisfying work. Yeah. And, and of course, that was the writing. It was wonderful, yeah. wonderful writing. And they gave the character, like I said, she wasn't just the bad guy. She had vulnerabilities. She had um, things that hurt her, but she didn't let anybody know. Uh, that was the wonderful thing with Abby. I, I don't know if you remember, but there was never a time in front of other people that she was you know, sad or perplexed or anything. Yeah. 
they would show it alone. They would have her go into a room and cry or, you know, whatever. But only when she was alone, never when she was with other people, which was really, I think, brought the audience into her and let them know about her and nobody else did. Yeah, that, I, I mean, I think I wasn't necessarily aware of that. You know, like as a viewer, I don't think I was aware of that. But now that you say that, Right, that adds a whole nother layer. Yeah. What about, I mean, you know, like spinoff of Dallas, great part, Vixen, but what about the fact, because I can't think of anything, like was that a big deal for like a female, you know, to have such a, at that time, to have such a like meaty part? Like I'm trying to think, you know, like in other soaps, like, okay, Sue Ellen Ewing was amazing, but you know, wasn't like a Vixen to that extent for a while. Like that was that ever uh, like, wow, this is, you know, or am I being too deep on it and- trying to make something that wasn't there. You know, I, I, think, I think that really was the case that, you know, particularly on Knots, it was my character, but it was also the other two women. Yeah. Joan and Michelle, too. And, and you can ask any of the guys that were on the show. We ran the show. The show was about us. And they were kind of ancillary. And it wasn't the same on other shows. Like you said, on Dallas, JR and, you know, Bobby and all that, they were the main characters. But on our show, it was the women. And that was groundbreaking, actually. I mean, I've done pilots before that. I did a pilot called The Bait, um, and it, it, where I played a detective. And yeah. It, you know, it, it was really good. They loved it, blah, 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 and they didn't put it on the air. And I found out later that they just didn't think a woman could carry a show. Wow. <laughs> you know. Well, we've come far, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like when I think of Knott's Landing, I think of you and Joan Van Ark and Michelle Lee. And, you know, okay, like Ted Shackelford was there. And like, they were all great, but I really think of the three of you. So that's, yeah. I mean, did you ever expect it to be what it was? You know what I mean? Like it was on the air for so many years. Yeah. I did, you know, towards the middle of it, maybe, you know, fourth or fifth year or something like that, it was huge. And um, I didn't expect it at the beginning, but once it started to grow like that and, and we got these incredible ratings and, and everything, um, and, and we all knew that it was because of the writing and right. because of the ensemble casts and the wonderful actors that we had. And, and it wasn't anybody who was the star, you know, it was everybody working together. We had people like Julie Harris to work with. I mean, that's like an amazing thing to be able to, to have. Right. So, um, it, it was always an ensemble cast, and I always felt like that was the reason, and everybody was invested in their character. You know, that made a big difference. What about the fact, did you ever look at anything in the script or, you know, with Abby and just say, that jumps the shark, that goes too far, I don't want to do that? Oh, yeah. I, um, when they somebody stole jo, know, Joan's babies, the twins. Yeah. They originally wanted it to be me, wanted it to be Abby. And I went into David Jacobs and I said, okay, fine. 
if you don't want me on the show anymore, make it be Abby, because the audience will not forgive her for that. You know, they'll forgive her, you know, cheating, husbands, business, all that. But plus which, Abby wouldn't do that. Abby's a mother. She would not do that. And so they went, oh, okay. And they, and they changed it and tweaked it so that it, it, at some point it kind of looked like she did, but she didn't. Um, and, but uh, I, I mean, I, that was because I went in and really, because uh, I knew, I, I knew the audience would not forgive that and they wouldn't want to see Abby anymore. If right. That's, was it easy, you know? just in general back then to, I mean, I assume it's never easy for an actor, but you hear stories now where it's more collaborative or it wasn't, or no, they, they listened. And I mean, they didn't want you off the show. I imagine. I can't tell you how much traveling I've been doing in the past few weeks and airports and airplanes are packed. People want to get away. Listen, if your dreams of that vacation or enjoying the fun of life are turning back into a reality for you, Don't stress over the financial setbacks that can keep you from saying yes. Credit Karma is here to help you keep your financial goals in check so you won't have to hit pause on a good time. Credit Karma's game-changing technology shows you tailored offers for credit cards and personal loans that you're more likely to be approved for so you can apply with more confidence. They use your credit and other financial information to show you custom recommendations. Whether you want cash back, travel rewards, or to consolidate debt, Credit Karma can help you find the offers that fit your goals because your goals may not be the same as my goals. With a selection of options and approved odds, you have the power to make informed decisions. Credit Karma, apply with confidence and you will be on that beach enjoying that drink in no time. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast to learn more and find offers tailored just for you. That's creditkarma.com slash podcast. Or you can see your offers on the Credit Karma app. Apply with confidence today. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast or the Credit Karma app. (laughs) Right. Listen, and and it was a very collaborative atmosphere on the show. There was a a number of years, not the whole time, but a number of years where every Wednesday we would go into David Jacobs' um, office at lunchtime and read through the next script with the writers there. Wow. And so, you know, the writers could hear it. We could say, yeah, I didn't like this part so much, or that's great, or whatever. And, and everybody working together, it was a wonderful way to work, wonderful way for an actor to be able to work. And it was the reason the characters were so invested, the actors were so invested in their characters, because they had something to say about it. Yeah. And, and that, you know, then actors get like, really really and you could tell when you when you watch knots those characters people were living those characters they were just acting those characters they were living them yeah i mean like you said the writing the storytelling was just so rich i don't know like the nuances it just it was just amazing What about, because I know last year at the Hollywood Museum, the 40th anniversary, you, Joan Van Ark, and Michelle Lee. So talk to me about that. I mean, like 40 years and these are still like two of your best friends. 
I know, isn't that wild? Yeah. We have a Zoom call tomorrow. Um, you know, because right before the pandemic hit, we were set to go on a European tour, the three of us together, because we'd done a thing called an evening with. And it was the three of us on stage with a moderator and we had clips and the audience could ask questions and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And it was very successful. So we yeah. were just about to go on a European tour because the show was huge in Europe and the pandemic hit. So we couldn't, couldn't do it. So we've seen each other a little bit since then, but not much because of the pandemic, you know, so I don't know. But yes, we're still, we're still good friends. We're still, I mean, I'm the sane one. <laughs> okay, so you're the sane one. Yes. Well, then what is Michelle and what is Joan? Oh my God, they're both crazy. <laughs> but isn't it fun to have crazy friends? Oh God, yes. Yes. It's, and, and we're funny together. We just are, you know? I mean, it's the reason that they wanted to do this show, producer saw us in something so somewhere together and they went oh my god you guys are funny um and so you know i, I think you know when this pandemic is over and when we can travel again and, and stuff like that i think maybe we'll we'll do it because uh it, it was it was fun and it was uh it was something the fans loved and like you said i mean knots is a show that people don't forget now I was going to say, where was this evening of the three of you? That's something that I would have attended. Was it just local, like in Los Angeles, like in it California? Was in Springs. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I think more shows from the past, because you know how they have like the celebrity conventions and you go, and I'm sure you've done many of those. Yeah. This, this is a great idea, I would think. People would yeah. flock to something like this. Yeah. You know, it was very popular and, uh, you know, people loved it. And, you know, it is amazing to me. People come up and they say, remember that scene and you said, and he said, they remember the dialogue. They remember the storylines more than I do. And it's just, you know, it, it's so gratifying to see how much it meant to people. Yeah. It really meant a lot. And, and that as an actor, you know, what, that's what you want to give. And we had a show that allowed us to do it. And it, it was, you know, it, it was a blessing. What do you say to fans? Because, I mean, I I remember general things. But, yes, I, I have friends like that. I'm bad with, like, this person said this exact word. You know, unless it's, like, who shot JR or some tagline. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't remember. I have friends that remember years. They're like, no, that was the fifth season. That was, I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you – so what do you say when fans say that to you and you're just like, I have, you know – I have no idea of what you're talking about. Like how you just play along. I mean, most of the time I don't. It's funny because there's a, a, an Instagram um, post now called uh, back to the cul-de-sac. Okay. Subtitle is what Abby Ewing taught me. (laughs) And, and so I, I look at it every day and they run, they have clips of knots every day. And it's really funny for to watch a lot of them i don't even remember doing that's so funny (laughs) remember the dialogue or anything i don't even remember doing this you know that scene 
it's really it's really funny but it's it's fun to it's it's fun to look at it again i was gonna say so that must be like you know like an out-of-body experience when you're like literally watching yourself and there you are and you're like i don't even physically remember when this was or shooting this yeah yeah it's weird and and the strange thing is because it's on instagram and who knows how these things were recorded or everything everybody's voice sounds a little strange. Right. Uh, all the women kind of sound like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> well, one day, maybe just out of nowhere, you should make a comment on the Instagram post and they will go wild when they see that it's the real Donna Mills. <laughs> yeah. Although then they'll probably want you to comment every day, so you might be setting yourself up for... What what do you think keeps this friendship for 40 years going? Just that you laugh and have so much fun together? I mean, you know, that's so unusual, you know, for three people. I mean, let alone two, but three. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was the closeness that we all experienced when we were doing it. And, and you know, you always hear about these shows. Well, this one hated that one, and they're... Yeah. Totally. That way on knots, we all really got along. We all really felt like an ensemble and really worked together and it was like a family. So, and you know, sometimes it's just serendipitous things. Life puts you back together again. You don't know why, you know, but, but it has put us back together again numerous times. So we just, kind of go with it and um and we're we have fun together we really do have fun together i'll admit it as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate i'm really not great at it i'm always on the go i'm never making that a priority and i'm always hungry this was a real problem until i discovered 310 nutrition i love 310 nutrition's water hydrators you just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better they also have refreshing lemonade mixes my personal favorite they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Do you guys all live near each other? Not too far. Michelle lives quite close, probably seven minutes. Oh, wow. From me. Joan lives a little bit further, but not, not far, maybe half hour. Well, you can go on COVID walks with Michelle, possibly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you need something to do. <laughs> Some other guest stars. Now, this is where my lack of memory comes in. So I don't even know if you had a bunch of scenes with these people, but talk to me about Alec Baldwin. He was there from 84 to 86. Yeah, yeah. I loved Alex. And Alex was not, at that time, Alex. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Baldwin, yet he was just an actor. And uh, I loved him. Uh, I, I didn't have a, a lot of scenes with him because that was a different, a different family. Right. But I did have some. 
And um, I just really liked him. And then they fired him. I know. <laughs> and I was like, what? And and I went to him at the time, I remember, and I, and I said, hey, uh, Alex, don't feel bad. This is the best thing that could have happened to you because you're going to be a big star and you don't need to, you know, be here on this show. You're going to go on to do lots of other things. And he said, well, thanks, you know, because you get fired. Everybody feels bad if they get fired, you know. Yeah. He, he felt bad, but it was the best thing that could have happened to him. You could tell there was just something about him that he had, like that star quality. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With everything going on in the world and all the technology around us, I used to find it so hard to disconnect, turn my mind off, and relieve stress. Well, not anymore. Unidragon's wooden puzzles have solved all of that. They are the highest quality puzzles. All the parts have their own unique shape. They're not like your average puzzle. And in fact, they actually become collectible works of art. They're fabulous and memorable designs and images. They have animals too, tigers, wolves, pandas, unicorns, and so many others. These are not your average puzzle. Laser cutting is used so all the parts perfectly fit together and is such high quality. It's great for myself, but I've used it for so many gifts for friends and family Unit Dragon's puzzles have changed my life. So listen, you guys need to head over to unidragon.com and use my code VELVETROPES and you get 10% off your first purchase. That's right. Just by listening to this podcast, head on over to unidragon.com. That's unidragon.com. Use my code VELVETROPES and you get 10% off your first purchase. These puzzles are intellectual. They're high-end. They're stimulating. They've changed my life. Yeah. Well, yes, I think he's done well for himself. I think so. I think he'll be okay. Why did he get fired? Just the character or like, you don't even know, really? I'm not really sure I have. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I can't remember. Has he gained a little weight? And I think they didn't like that. So that... I... Interesting. What about Nicolette Sheridan? What about her? <laughs> How was she to work with? She was good. She was, you know, good. A little strange, a little difficult sometimes. Um, used to bug me because she'd come and watch me work. You know, when she wasn't in a scene, she'd, I'd look out and there she'd be sitting there watching me. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I should be flattered. So, but you know, I, I didn't have any problems with her, you know, I, I mean, our, I think that she was difficult sometimes for the producers, but I didn't really have any problems with her. Did she watch other people work or was it just you? I think it was just me. <laughs> I think that she saw something in me that she wanted to use you know and she was you know like I said I sh I should be flattered and I am I could see that you know like she plays she's played characters I mean they're not Abby Ewing but with similar did you ever watch like any of like did you watch Desperate Housewives or like 30 Rock just speaking of Alec Baldwin and Nicolette Sheridan yeah. 
I'm not, I never was before the friggin' pandemic, uh, much of a TV, a TV person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just didn't watch a whole lot. Uh, of course, since then I've watched everything that's ever been made. <laughs> right now you're, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm a TV person. I just, I never watch movies. Like even, I mean, when the world was open, I never go to the movies ever. Hardly. I know it's strange, right? But TV, I will, because TV to me is like you said, it's like even if it's not serialized, like it's the same people every week. Yeah. You feel a connection. And that's, you know, that's what it's for. That's what people love about it. That's what people feel good about. So, you know, it's good. And it's like in the comfort of your own home. So I think that's, that brings a different level to it. Yeah. So in 1989, you decide to leave the show. And then, you know, at that time you say you were tired of the show. It was too long. It's time for a change. And also that, you know, like you weren't happy with all of the writing and the way that Abby was being taken. Yeah. So what? I, I felt like they didn't, the writers didn't know what to do with her. She'd done so many things. Um, and they didn't really know what to do with her anymore. And I felt like I didn't, I didn't want to wreck what she was, you know, I, I, I wanted to keep that and I wanted that to be the memory of her. And so I thought, plus which I had um, production deals with, I think I had two with CBS and two with ABC and, you know, it was kind of my time to use those things. I had the, the power to get stuff done and uh and it was hard when you're doing a series to be able to do that so i said yeah. you know, i'm going to concentrate on that doing my doing my movies producing my movies and stuff and uh and and leave abby in her glory you know yeah you know like they say like you don't want to be the last one at the party to leave yeah, right. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be on the downward spiral, you know, it was still up here, but you know, you, it was, uh, was going to start to go like that. And I didn't want to be on that train. That makes sense. Yeah. How was that? Like when you brought that up to like the producers to like Michelle and Joan, like how did everyone react? Like, well, like Michelle and Joan, you know, I don't even think I, I didn't discuss it with them or even tell them probably until it was a fait accompli. I went right. to Dan Jacobs, um, who I had always felt was a really good person, good guy, you know, besides being a spectacular writer. Um, and I said, David, I, 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 I want to go. And he said, Oh, and I said, please, don't like offer me a whole bunch of more money and stuff like that. Cause I don't want to go through that. Oh God, how can I turn that down? No, no, no. Yeah. Don't do that. Just know this is something I really want to do. That's not a ploy, you know, to get a bigger dressing room or more money or anything. I just want to go. He said, okay. He said, I will honor that. He said, as long as you know, if you ever want to come back, just tell me and you can come back. So it was a very nice, you know, parting of the ways. It really, you know. 
what would have happened if he did offer you like a ton more money? I didn't want to have, I didn't want that burden. I did not want to have to go through the agony of that. Cause that's, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's hard, you know, or they're offering money and more movies and more this and that, you know, which is probably what would happen. But I didn't, I, I wanted him to know that it was, that wasn't my, my purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could see that you're, emotionally ready to leave and you know the next thing you know you have options and producer credits and other movies and deals and you're like you've made which i would think they would have done to keep abby probably and i didn't want to have to deal with it i really didn't you know i I, i'm much cleaner kind of performer than that you know i just yeah my work i want to you know i want to be paid well for it but that's not what it's about. Right. You just love the work. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have any regrets? Like, I mean, immediately after, I mean, I assume now you don't, I mean, life has worked out and it's a long time later, but like, I mean, maybe you do now, but I doubt it. But like, did you have any like immediate regrets when you were gone? No, no. Cause I got right into, I would, you know, produced a number of, of uh, movies for television. There was a time when CBS was doing 60 movies a year. You know, so I think I had two or three in development there. I had two right. or three in development at ABC. So, I mean, I, I went to an office every day after that and, you know, was a producer. Um, and that was, I, I liked that, you know, I really did. And I liked having control over the movies that I was doing. Because many times I'd do a movie and maybe I didn't like the editing or I didn't like the music or whatever you know so as a producer i got to have control over all that and um i i liked that and yeah i'm proud proud of the movies that that i did i mean i i think they turned out well i mean i guess that would be a plus to be the producer and have a say in all of that and you did return for the final episode that was fun. That must that, that must have been fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there was how many there's either one or two you know, I think there was like a mini series after yeah. four episodes or four hour thing or something like that and then a another reunion, you know. Do you speak to, I mean, I saw a picture, I think like a year or two ago, like with you, I forgot where it was. It was like you and Joan Collins and Linda Gray. I think it was in London. I don't know. But like, are you, do you, are you friends with like Linda and Joan? I just go to the other nighttime soaps of the time, all the other classics. It's funny. I became, I became pretty friendly with Joan Collins and, and Linda, I've always known and we've been kind of in the same circles and stuff like we've been to dinner together and stuff like that. But but not a lot. And, and I like her a lot. I think she's, she's a lovely woman. But Joan Collins, who I adore, she's such a character. <laughs> and, really? Uh, and we became very friendly because she did that um, series that I did, um, uh, Queens of Drama. Mm. The reality. Yeah. That, that she came on. And, uh, and ever since then, we've just... You know, when she's in town, we always have dinner together. She comes here, we go 
there. She has a party. I have a party, whatever, you know, it's, um, and she's, she's great. She's really funny and fun and, and a character, you know? She and, seems like she would be a good time. Yeah, she is. She's, and, and she's a very, I mean, dedicated, you know, to actress works like crazy. Yeah. Which I say good for her. Seriously, keep it up. So after Knott's Landing, you were in certain TV shows, which I also think are personally, just for me, classics. Melrose Place, you played Josie Bissett's mom. I mean, listen, if I can't have Knott's Landing in Dallas, let's just move it into the 90s because Melrose Place was the best thing, literally possibly one of my favorite shows ever to be in existence. Yeah. How did that come about? I don't know. They just called me up and said do you want to come and do this? <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Um, you know, it was, it was a limited thing. Yeah. I think like, two, I don't know, six or eight episodes. I don't remember how many. I think six. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was good. It was, it was fun. You know, not as much fun as knots because I didn't start out with everybody. Right. I was never as friendly with the, with the cast there as I was, uh, you know, with the cast on Knots. But it was, it was nice. It was good. Is it hard for an actress or actor, just anyone, you know, like to go in and be that guest star? I mean, I've heard different stories. You know, some sets are not welcoming. You know, people walk around. I mean, okay, you were Donna Mills, Abby Ewing from Knots Landing. It might be different. But I mean, I've heard stories just when you go on, you know, to like various sets of, but yeah. it was like a friendly set. But is it general... Like, you know, is it hard in general just to be a guest star, no matter who you are, popping in for two episodes and heading out? It, it is. It is because as, as friendly, yeah, I mean, most people are, are friendly, you know, they're not, not friendly, uh, but they're, they got their own stuff to deal with, you know what I mean? And so they, and, and you're not part of the fabric, you know, so you always feel a little left out, a little you know, but, you know, it's, it's one of those, those things. It just happens that way. What about, did you see, I mean, again, maybe this is me being too deep, you know, like, did you see like this shift from, you know, the eighties, like Dallas dynasty, Knott's Landing, and now you have like Melrose and even like 15 Central Park or Central Park West, which was Darren Star, which lasted for, you know, you had 90210, like, you know, I don't know. Were the '90s nighttime soaps different? It seemed so. They didn't seem to have the kind of cachet that that the '80s ones did. I mean, also the '80s. You know, it was glamorous. The '90s were not as glamorous. They were. I see the '90s as kind of gray. You know, and the '80s as bright colors and spangles and sparkles and, you know, stuff like that. And that was so fun. You know, I, you know, just the costumes alone were wonderful. The, this fashion, the music, everything about the 80s is... Yeah. Like, I start to date myself when I talk about TV and music and everything. It all goes back to the 80s. <laughs> yep. Why do you think like this genre is so popular, like the nighttime soap, you know, whether it's current day or like, what do you think it is? Is it just the serialization that you're leaving people hanging? Is that really what you think the attraction is? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's it's human drama. You know, if the writers can, you know, find the what tweaks the audience, what what gives them, you know, that 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 glue that gets them, you know, um, then it's you know it's one of those things that just goes on and on and if they do it right and every the end of every episode you're just panting for the next one um yeah you know it's it's what happens and i i really feel like knots particularly was i say it was the this is us of its day in that it was deeper than most of the soaps of of the day you know it it dealt with more real people stuff, not just rich people stuff. Right. And um, I think that's one of the things that makes it so special to people, you know, and they remember it so much because they identified. Yeah, no, that's true. Now, I mean, you say it like that. I mean, it dealt with issues such as like This Is Us does. Are you a huge This Is Us fan? Yes, I am. I think it's a brilliant show. Is that one of the shows that you found during quarantine? Oh, no, before. Oh, okay. From the very beginning, I don't know how or why, but I tuned into the very first episode and I was hooked. The whole way that they do the um, backstory and and weave it all together. I mean, Knots didn't do that, um, but they do it so seamlessly and so beautifully. Uh, I'm, I'm just amazed. I agree. I think it's one of the best shows. I mean, I was there right from the beginning. Yeah. What other, like, do you watch, like, what other current shows? Like, is there anything else you watch from the beginning or that you binge during quarantine that you just think is great? God, there's so many. Um, oh, you know what my favorite is? What? The Outlander. I've I've never seen it. <gasps> oh my Is god, you love it. People love it though. Oh, yeah. It people said to me, well, it's the, you know, time travel and blah blah blah. No, you don't even have to worry about that. It, it just happens. But the the story and the acting and the everything about it, I just I I would watch it again. Really, I started out the ta- uh, the pandemic rewatching Downton Abbey, the entire thing because I loved that, and I'm about to rewatch Outlander because it's uh, wow. Honestly, I can't believe you haven't watched it. You would love it. Well, you you like know me because I'm thinking like time travel. I'm like, I, I don't know about this. Like, This Is Us is my type of show. But if you're saying it, you know, the time travel, I shouldn't worry about no you, you don't you'll get by that in an instant and then you're into the story do you get into any of like the Shonda Rhimes like Grey's Anatomy Scandal any of that stuff I haven't uh I, it's the all good. I, I just got into Bridgerton I I know I know I have I am behind on I have not seen it yet but I understand that I'm the only person living that has not seen it is it is it as great as everyone is saying it is? I don't know if the show is great. Um, there were certain things about it that bothered me because 
It wasn't historically correct. It wasn't historically correct in the casting, costumes, all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I love costume drama. Oh my God, I just can't wait to see you those and stuff like that. And it wasn't correct. But when you got by that, it, it wasn't supposed to be. It was almost a, not a spoof, but almost a comment on those kind of, you know, costume dramas, but it was fun. And there's the best looking guy ever in that show. Really? Him right now, yes. The lead. But, I'm going to have to look it up. No, I mean, that's the type of show I probably would like. I don't really love period pieces, but I love Shonda Rhimes. So. Yeah, this is fun. It's really, really fun. I think if you want, you should watch Scandal. That's that's out of the Shonda shows. Between that, How to Go Out and Grey. Well, Grey's Anatomy, I would say why it's phenomenal, but you're going to have like 14 years that you're going to need to go through. So, <laughs> well, let's hope the pandemic doesn't last that long. Seriously, <laughs> but then there's someone like so, like the lead character Meredith Grey, Ellen Pompeo. Like that's you know, you look at like what you say about Abby. Like I guess could you ever see yourself playing? one character on the same show. I mean, she's doing it by choice, of course, but like, is that, would that ever be in your, would have, or would have been in like your repertoire? I I liked having a long time to work on a character. It's very satisfying, you know? So yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind, you know, doing that again. It's, it's very satisfying to be able to, to, to know all the corners of that character, all the nooks and crannies of, of a character and be able to pull them out anytime you want. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. And like, do you ever, or like, did you ever forget? Cause like, for instance, like Ellen Pompeo, 14 years, Meredith Grey, it's such a layered, complex character, which is Shonda Rhimes is brilliant, but like, or once you're in it, like as an actress, no, you could remember like everything about, you know, at that time, like now people come up to you, but like when there's so much backstory, like how do you remember it all? I mean, I know I'm not an actor or actress. I mean, I understand remembering it from the past nine months, but like, you know, you, there's so many, like you say, nuances, like how do you remember all the different layers? I guess I you just- 14 years. I mean, I did it for nine, and, you know. <laughs> that was a lot. Like, but 14, that's a lot. Yeah. What about, because I do want to talk about Nip Talk because it was so much, was that just so much fun? It was. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I must say, I've never sat in a makeup chair for five hours before. And that's what it was to, you know, do that face that that they did, which was, but the makeup people were amazing. The only thing that you could see of my face was the very tip of my nose. That was my nose. Everything else was, you know, the big lips. And yeah. The, you know, it was, yeah, it was really fun. I mean, when something like that comes along, like, do you ever, you know, like if you're not into it, like, do you ever get a call from like Orion Murphy? Like, is it, does it go to that level? Like when they want Donna Mills for a part, you know? Yeah, but th- that I had to read for. I did they didn't oh, just wow say you know you want to do this role Mm-mm. I went in and read for it is it just a coincidence that you know they do like Sherry Belafonte Harper or no the goal was to get all three of you if you all three read well yeah yeah I I, I guess you know I, I don't know who else read for, for the role but 
um, you know, I, I just, I loved the role. And I ended up meeting the real woman that it's about. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Um, well, wasn't one person based on Jocelyn, Jocelyn, Jocelyn Wildenstein? Was that you or was that, jo- that, that was you or was that Joan? Oh, it was you? It was me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I, I met her just briefly in front of some restaurant in Beverly Hills, Mr. Chow's. She was like getting out of her car and I was coming out of the restaurant or something and, and, and we met and she's scary looking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So how does that, does someone with you say there's Jocelyn or you recognized her or she recognized you as Donna Mills? I recognized her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what do you people that look like that? <laughs> true. So what did you do? You just went over and said, "Hey, I'm Donna Mills," and yeah, yeah. I I didn't say that I played you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like five seconds, and you know, that's all. She was she was not looking to have a conversation with me. You know, so that's okay. Well, there's millions of Knott's Landing fans right now that were saying like, stupid woman, we wish we were in your position. Did you ever watch Nip Talk? If you think that's a fun scene, let me tell you, the whole show is just brilliant. Yes. Yes. I, I, I watched it a lot, you know, back when it was on. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Brilliant and like, well, Ryan Murphy before he was Ryan Murphy and just as a show before it's time and it launched that whole network, basically, I, I feel. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's amazing. Do you watch any of like, did you watch like American Horror Story, Glee, any of that? Glee, yes. Glee, you know, I was a dancer. Yeah. Musical theater, I mean, I loved Glee. American Horror Story, I've never watched not once i hate horror stories you do yeah i i i don't like to be scared trying to think what else i should do you watch pose ryan murphy's pose yes Yes. i loved pose just unbelievable and they're filming the third season now in new york like right now it might have just wrapped or it might but it's being filmed i mean what a beautiful because when you first watch it, you go, oh, well, or, or when you sh- I heard about it and I thought, really, am I going to, you know, just see a bunch of queens? <laughs> and it's not that at all. It's, their, you know, it's the real people. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, beautiful show. It is. Yeah, I loved it. And I mean, did you ever think, you know, because like you look back, I mean, TV has changed so much. Like, did you ever think, you know, we talked about like women, Knott's Landing, you know, like, so you take Shonda Rhimes, you have like, I mean, forget about the diversity for a second. You have like Viola Davis leading a show, Carrie Washington leading a show. I mean, say what you want. That is Carrie Washington's show. It's an amazing cast. Yeah. You know, then you add in like this, you know, complete racial diversity. Now you have Pose, like you said, you thought it was going to be one thing. It's the largest transgender cast ever. And it's brilliant. Like, did you ever think like, I mean, you would see like TV has come so far. It has, it has. And it's, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see, you know, when you look at TV 
and, and you see a lot of stuff that's going on in our country. TV is out ahead of it all. Do you know what I mean? TV is, there's an equality on television that doesn't exist in the populace yet, but it's leading the populace toward equality. And, and I think it's wonderful in, in, in every way, racially, like you said, transgender, gay, all of it. It's just, it, it, I think it's, it's encouraging and um, wonderful to see that the television can do that. You know, I mean, look at the commercials. So. On television. Look at commercials. Just watch commercial after commercial. See how many of them um, have black people in them now. How long ago was it that that didn't happen? You know? Yeah. So that's leading the country to change their mindset. You know, and, that, and that's, I believe, what, what we need. And, and I'm proud to be in the industry that's, that's helping. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, it's come a long way. Yeah. What about you were on RuPaul's Drag You? <laughs> yes. Was that like, how does that come about for you? You know, they called me up. They said, do you want to do it? Wow. Said, yeah, that sounds like fun. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Rue and I got along so well. And uh, he very, very kindly came to a thing that a year or so ago that they were honoring me at and spoke. And it was, it was lovely. And he's, a, he's an amazing guy. Just amazing. So, um, you know, I was happy to do it. It was fun. I was going to say that must have been fun. And maybe RuPaul is like a huge Knott's Landing fan. You never know. Yeah, I know. I think I think he was. <laughs> that was. I mean, well, Drag Race too. As far as reality, what about? So, what do you think of reality TV? Do you have any thoughts? Do you watch any reality TV? Not really. I mean, I've never. No. I I shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and those kind of shows and the and the the Kardashians and all that I hate. I hate. My daughter used to watch the Kardashians and I would say, what is wrong with you? What kind of values are you getting from that? It's just makes me crazy. I, she, she, somebody said to me, you've got to sit down and watch with her so that you'll understand why she's watching it. And I sat down and watched it with her and hated it even more. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And was she like, mom, let me explain to you why I love this so much? Yes. She thinks it's funny. Funny. That's the, that's her thing. Funny. She thinks it's funny. Well, I, I mean, funny. I thought it was stupid. Are you shocked? <laughs> like as an actress, you know, like with a craft and there was this whole, like that, how now reality TV is such a big thing, you know, and there's these people that, I mean, I'm not, this isn't directed towards the Kardashians, just in general, we have housewives and, you know, just people with not a, a skill per se that are uber famous. Yeah, I know. It, it doesn't seem right to me because, you, you know, what is it that they, what's, 
there's no artistry. You know, there's there's no actual thing that they do. They don't sing. They don't dance. They don't act. They don't, you know, they don't do magic. They don't play an instrument. They don't do anything. And for me, it's like, I, I don't want to watch them. They, they have nothing to offer me. And what do you think of people like, you know, like Lisa Rinna, who is now on Beverly Hills Housewives and Garcelle Bouvier. I mean, like Lisa Rinna, especially that's, I mean, she's been on for a long time. I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon. You know, that it's in actual, these actresses, now this is a career. I know. I, I, I don't know. I, I know her <clears throat> slightly and she's a lovely woman. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I still, I don't, I don't think... I don't have any respect for it, for the, for the, what they do. I just don't. Have you ever, I take it you've never watched the Beverly Hills Housewives or run into any of them? No, no. And I did a, a little reality show for a while. Yeah. Scenes of drama, which was at, when they called me up to do it, Leslie Greif, who's the producer, called me and I know him and, <clears throat> he called me and he said, I want you to do this reality show. And I went, no, 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 no. And, and he said, no, no, this is different. This is, you'll, you'll see. And it was in that we were actually trying to do something on the show. We were trying to produce a show. And so you got to see how that works. So it had more of a point than just, the bitchiness of, you know, Beverly Hills friends who, you know, are stealing each other's husbands and whatever else they're doing. Um, so it was, and, and I must say it was fun and it really, it really uh, got your um, improv chops up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. That's all you did, you know, you, <clears throat> and uh and, and so it was fun. It only lasted one season, but it was fun to do. Was it a weird experience? Because, you know, I assume, like, you know what you're getting into, but you're used to a script and direction. And I know there's some of that a little bit, but not really compared. So were you just like, you said, like, improv and... The script, but they'll, they'll tell you what they yeah. want to accomplish in a scene. And then, and because all the other people in it were actors. They were actresses. So we all knew that even when we were having a fight or whatever, we were acting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It wasn't real. It seems like in these reality shows, these women get into believing it, you know? And that's kind of weird. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it makes you say, you, know, you take someone like Lisa Renna, who was on Days of Our Lives and Melrose Place, and now you're on a reality show and you're there for many years, like, Maybe others aren't acting, but how could you not be? Like, it's your craft that you did for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's this fine line between... Well, the other thing is, too, it spills over to social media. So now it's like you're being paid to do a job on camera, and yet no one's paying you to go get into a fight for 17 hours online, but that's where it goes, and... I don't know. You would think like if I ever got a reality show, I would say I'm being paid for this. I'm not being paid for this and say whatever you want. I'm not reading it. 
This yeah. is like, there's no extra check for going online. and. No, but the social media component is such a big component these days. That it is. It's, which, which is really too bad. Because again, it doesn't have anything to do with talent. Yeah. I mean, like, right. Like you look at like Instagram influencers and with 1 million followers. And now, I mean, some people from like TikTok, like people are getting TV shows or it's leading to at least sponsorships. And you're just like, what has this, like, do you say like, what has this world become? Because I, I say that I'm like, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. And you know, for somebody like me who, you know, comes from a whole different era where there was none of this, there was nothing like this. You didn't engage with fans. You didn't, you know, you didn't try to become their friend and all that. It, it's very different. I mean, I, you know, I have an Instagram account only because my daughter made me do it. And, and, I, and I kind of like it now and because I can look back on it and see, you know, different things that, that I've done and, you know, stuff like that. So, so it's kind of fun. But all the other ones, Twitter and even Facebook, is like, no, I can't do that. Instagram, I think, is the best one. But, yes, I do know you have one because when I was, you know, figuring we're going to sit down for this, I'm like, I wonder if she has an Instagram and then – I looked and I'm like, oh, you do. And yeah, like, you, you know, when you went to the market and like you keep people posted, did your daughter say to you one day, like, just mom, you have to do this. This is the bare minimum. Yeah, she did. She did. Actually, she, this was a few years ago, you know, when yeah. you know, that it, it all kind of started. And she said, yes, you have to have an Instagram account. And I said, oh, okay, well, what about Facebook? Because I'd never really done Facebook either. She said, oh, no, Facebook is passe. <laughs> so I never, I have, I guess, a Facebook account, but I would never do anything with it. I never put anything on it. And I think the, the Instagram account is tied to a Twitter account. So things that I put on Instagram go on Twitter, but I never even look at Twitter, so. I never look at, well, I'm just, I'm just, as you speak, I'm not looking down and being rude. I'm looking to find your Instagram. So the last post you did was four days ago. That's pretty good. And you have 29.7 followers and you even have a story up on, so that's pretty good. <laughs> like that's, you know, like that's like a B plus, I would say, you know, that's, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I, for a while, my daughter did the whole thing. And, and then, you know, I, I said, you know, I, I got to learn how to do this. So teach me how to post things. Teach me, right. how, you know, what I should do. And, and sometimes, you know, I'll ask her, do you think I should post this or not? And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> she's, she's much more tuned into that world than I am. That's for sure. But right, it becomes fun after a little while, right? Yes. Yeah. You do it right. It's when it becomes like you're a slave to it and you're like, I have to post. Then that's when you're like, something needs to change in this world because we're all living in staring at a tiny little screen. And that's, yes. Not good. What about, you know, because I know you had a daughter, you know, like at, you know, like as a single mom, like was that met with, you know, again, it wasn't like forever ago, but we've come far in the world. Mm -hmm. Did you get a lot of people making comments about that? No, not really. You know, I, I adopted her. I mean, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying, you know, the way, listen, the world changes even every three years. Yeah. 
no, two years. Uh, yeah, no, she, you know, no. I, I, everyone that I that I knew, you know, or know, um, was very positive about it. It's been a that's good, wonderful experience. The you know, my life would not be complete without her. Um, and you know, I, I couldn't be happier that I did it. Yeah. And I did it, you know, very late in life, but as it turns out, that was like the best time for me, you know, cause yeah. I, I'd done everything that I wanted to do in my career basically. And then, you know, then I got to be a mom and then that was wonderful. You know. <laughs> Has she sat there and watched the entire series that you were up for the nine years of Knott's Landing? Do you know that she's never seen Knott's Landing? Really? She doesn't like to watch me on screen. When she was younger, I, you know, I would say, oh, let me show you this movie that I did. Yeah. And most of the time she'd say, no. You're my mom. It makes me feel weird to see you on the screen. You're somebody else over there. You're my mom. And then once I I did this um kind of comedy thing in Australia called Outback Bound. And I thought, well, this is a comedy. It's got kangaroos in it and stuff like that. Oh, this will be fun for her to see. So I sat her down. I said, look at this. Having forgotten, of course, there, there's a sort of a subplot where some guys are after me and they're, they're looking at me through a gun sight and stuff like that. And it looks like they're going to get me and stuff like that. Well, she went screaming from the room. She, said she could not take the fact that somebody was going to hurt me. You know, so and that was the last time she ever watched anything I did. I was just going to say, maybe she that's why. Do you not, because I mean, I personally hate listening to myself back on this lovely podcast or watching the videos. That's just me. Like, do you not, do you mind watching yourself or you don't really mind? Some actresses I've spoken to really don't like it. Depends, you know, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes I'm like, uh, if I feel like I, like I would watch Knots because I always felt with Knots I was really being taken care of in terms of lighting, in terms of cinematography, in terms of everything, they always did the best for me that they could possibly do. They, for everyone, but I'm just talking about when I would watch. Um, on other shows, uh, not so much, and so I'm a little reticent to, um, <laughs> to look at them, because you know I, I don't know how I'm gonna look, I don't know how it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't know. Some people like watching themselves back. Some people don't. I mean, I can't stand it personally. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not that fond of it. No. What about? Again, I, I'm not trying to pick up a bunch of topics where we've changed the world a lot. But you know, this whole thing. You know, like the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein. I imagine back in the '80s. I can't imagine what was going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And before that, I mean, you know, right. when I was coming up when I was in New York in the, well, in the 60s, really, um, I had some bad experiences, you know, some, you know, you, you go to something casting. And at that time, 
maybe even it was before I had an agent, um, you know, you'd look in the paper in the backstage and you'd see an audition and then you'd go. And yeah, it, it was a little dicey. You know, there were times when that was not what the guy was looking for. And, um, you know, so the, yeah, there was, there was some not nice um, experiences back then. But at that time, you, you didn't even want to talk about it. You know, you didn't even, you didn't mention it because it was embarrassing. You know, you felt like an idiot that you'd even gone there. And um, so, yeah, there were, you know, a number of, of things. Once I got to California, it was a little better. Um, not, not as bad. And I think I was by that time a little more savvy. So it wasn't going to end up, you know, at somebody's apartment thinking I was going for an audition. Right. Um, and then once I played Abby, nobody tried. <laughs> well, you know, that's life imitating art. They're probably like, she must be something like that character. You're just so good at your <laughs> acting that people were truly afraid of you. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it never, it, once I played Abby, it never happened again. And as far as the, like what you said, you don't, you didn't, you know, you didn't really want to talk about it. That's, I think the whole basis of it. That's what it's like, this person's not going to say anything. So let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Were you shocked at, cause I mean, I know there's so many actresses like that just said, no, like we're not shocked about Harvard. Like, I guess that was just like a known thing. Harvey Weinstein? No, I've yeah. heard about him. You know, I've, I've met him. I met him back then, you know, just at a, an event or something. Uh, he never came on to me or anything, but you know, I remember other women, you know, going, oh, watch out for him, you know, don't ever get stuck alone with him. What about the equal pay for women in Hollywood? Like, I know, like, Natalie Portman has been really outspoken, like, Charlize Theron. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean. That's, that's, and I, and I think Jennifer Lawrence too. Yeah. Jennifer was like, you know, if you want me in your movie, you're going to pay me what you pay that guy. Right. Um, of course that's the way it should be. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no question about it. And, and that it hasn't been that way is ridiculous. Right. Like it's shocking that even, you know, like now that's still a thing. Yeah that yep. you hear about. I think I heard, I, I, maybe it was Jennifer Lawrence, someone in a movie with like, I think Mark Wahlberg and he was supposed to be paid like, I think like four, $4 million for a reshoot and someone else was getting like this after. And I think he spoke out of like, uh, I didn't know this and this is crazy, but I might be getting my facts wrong. It could be, but I think it was Mark Wahlberg. It's just, yeah. it's just shocking that it's so. What about, in today's day and age, you know, like I think people are more open now about like everyone gets plastic surgery or, you know, like just in the world, not even just Hollywood. Do you think there's like so much less pressure, you know, for women in the business now, or, you know, there's like just more actualized characters. Like we spoke about Shonda Rhimes and, you know, just characters are more fleshed out. It's not just a certain way or, you know, you think the pressures are there in this business of ours. Oh, I think the pressures are there. Very, very much so. It's, it's why you see all these women with this, like, 
Doppler's. Yeah. <laughs> when they get injections here and then their lips stick out. It's just, as far as I'm concerned, just awful. You know, uh, there are certain things, I mean, I think there's certain things you can do that if you, if you do it in tiny bits, little bits here and there, it's okay. You know, everybody wants to look their best. But when they go overboard, oh my God. <laughs> Maybe playing Jocelyn Wildenstein <laughs> made me realize just how bad it can be. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think, you know, a certain amount of, of help is, is good, but so many people just go overboard, just go way too far. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like a think like anything else, like that's addicting if you, I don't know. I, I always say like, I think a lot of people would get a lot of surgery if they had A, the money or B, the threshold for pain. I think that's really the two things, not everybody. But I think if you have both of those things and you get something, you just then get in your own psyche and just keep going. Yeah. I like guess. less is more at some point. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know. It, sometimes I go, do these women look in the mirror? Because... <laughs> they look terrible and the first thing you think of when you when you see them is that they just had a lot of work done it's just real yeah and for the meaty parts i would assume you know like you have to look a certain way but you don't want someone that looks fake i mean there's a lot of right. things that need to go into a part yeah. do you think because like for instance like this is, I'm not shading her, like Jennifer Lopez recently stated that she's never had anything done. This could be true, but people don't think so, you know, and they're like, I mean, she's just, she's 51. I'm not saying she's old, but just, she has no wrinkles. And like, do you, why do you think, like, do you think there's a pressure to lie about it? Like, I, I don't, but you know what I'm saying? Like, let's just say, I'm not saying she's lying, but the world seems to think so now. Like, why do you think people don't want to admit it like it doesn't make you less of an actress yeah I don't know uh that's that's weird I didn't I didn't know that about her uh because I mean obviously I've you know seen her and she's like perfect gorgeous yeah but but I don't know I don't know I think I think you know everybody wants everybody to think it's just natural right but, but, you know, they can, you can use filters on it. I'm just looking at, the, at my thing now. There's a, little, there's a little thing on here that says, touch up my appearance. Are you kidding me? No, on Zoom. Oh, just as we're talking? Really? I, well, I don't have that, so I don't know how you get that put on, but I wouldn't mind that myself. <laughs> well, when, when you're not doing this... Huh. Go to the when, up in the left hand corner where it says Zoom. Yeah. Dot US. Yeah. Bring that down, and there's one that says preferences. Wow. Click on that. You'll open up a thing. You'll you'll find you see a place that says video, and that's where it is. Well, we're wrapping up in soon anyway. So, but you look fine. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to you about like reboots. You know, Dallas had their reboot. 
which was phenomenal for, I don't know if you watched it, but it was like phenomenal and TNT canceled it, but that's a whole nother story, you know, and now Sex in the City is coming back. So, you know, there is talk throughout the years. Like, I don't know if it's just fans chattering, but like, you know, have there, has there ever been real serious, like knots landing, like a reboot talk that you know of? Only between Joan Michelle and me. <laughs> uh, no, I, and we can't figure it out. Warner Brothers owns the show. I mean, David Jacobs would do it, but he doesn't own the show. He created it, but he doesn't own it. Um, so uh, we can't figure out why, because it would seem to me at least that they would put on the old episodes on Netflix or somewhere, because there's so many people that would really like to see it again. And I think it would find a new audience because it was that kind of thing that people really got involved in. I I have no idea why it's never, it's never surfaced that way. I wish it would. You would be like you and Joan and Michelle, if you guys, if someone said we're doing this, you were, you're all going to be in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that would be great. What? Yeah. The idea is that, I, I think when we come back, Abby is homeless. <laughs> and we watch her claw her way back up. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> like o- opening scene somehow, Michelle and Joan find Abby homeless. Maybe they're going out to lunch somewhere and they walk by Abby. See, I just, like that, 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 yep. that makes sense. At the opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, within like two or three episodes, she'll be not homeless <laughs> and she'll have come far, but that would be, did you ever watch any of those reboots like Dallas, Dyn- I mean, Dynasty had that recast, which was, let me tell you, the first two, three, four episodes, the first year was, it was phenomenal. After you got into it, it was phenomenal. Really? Grant show. Nicolette Sheridan was on that as Alexis for, I mean, they had three people play Alexis, but that's another story, but (laughs) it was good. It was really good. I I never watched them. I never did. What if they were going to do Knott's Landing and not do a reboot, but they wanted to do like Dynasty, which is not my preference. It's my preference is like when Linda Gray is on the Dallas reboot, but what actress or actresses would you suggest to play Abby? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. You know, there's, there's like Blake Lively. She was in Gossip Girl. She's married to Ryan Gosling. Reese Witherspoon. I mean, I, I'm jumping ages here from like 30s yeah. to 40s. Yeah. No. Charlize Theron. I mean, I'm just assuming everyone's going to do TV. Yeah. Maybe Charlize. Yeah, I, I thought I have to think about that because I haven't I haven't thought about it, so I don't know. You know, and this is I not anybody to play her but me. I was <laughs> just gonna say maybe you know this is not my ideal. I would like it to be you. I'm just thinking you know if they went option B, but yeah, but, I, I thought like Charlize maybe. Yeah, or if they went back and then you know then later on that it could be me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought, who else did I thought? I thought Amber Heard, maybe. She was married to Johnny Depp. Yeah, is she blonde? Yeah. <clears throat> I'd, have to, I'd have to look. 
And Reese Witherspoon, you don't seem to think she's the right. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. She did. She's a little too brittle. Charlize, I think that's, I mean, I wish I had other suggestions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, she's so beautiful. Are there any, like, actresses that you, not to play Abby, sorry, I think that was traumatic, let's, let's back up from that. <laughs> what about, like, just is there any, like, actresses now that you're just like, I love her, you know, like any of, like, the new I mean, I can't even think of any off the top of my head, but, you know, do you look at anyone, like, either in a movie or, you know, like you mentioned Jennifer Lawrence, like that type that's kind of had their moment in the past five years. I think Jennifer Lawrence is a fabulous actress. I really do. And, yeah, uh, I really, really, really like her. Um, I can't think of the actress's name that's an Outlander, but I loved her. I'll, I'll have to look it up. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to think. It's it's so funny. It's so long since I've been to a movie theater. I know. You know, it, it seems like ages ago. It's weird. Yeah. Well, hopefully soon. When you and Joan and Michelle have a night out in LA and you have your dinner, I mean, do you walk in and just people must the heads must turn? You know, listen, there's strength in numbers. I mean, you know, you're recognized it's LA. There's a million actresses everywhere but you know i would think for like nostalgia purposes like when you're on stage it's one thing in palm springs holding an event but when you're just having a dinner do people like freak out yeah yeah i mean you know depending on where you are i mean if you're at craig's you know right seeing celebs there right you know but uh yeah yeah it's it's nice you know people people are lovely usually is there anything and then we'll wrap up is there anything in your career that you look back and say, I still haven't done that. And that's, you know, or just something you're dying to do. You know, like you said, you had the movies, you were a producer. Like, is there any one thing where you could say that's an aspect of this business? I mean, you're on social media now, like, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think I've done, I, I, people say, well, wouldn't you want to direct? And I don't, I don't want to direct. I don't feel I have the, the knowledge for that. Uh, producing, I liked very much. But, but I, don't, I don't feel like there's anything that I haven't done. I want to do more. Right. You know? uh, I particularly want at this stage to kind of be an inspiration, you know, to, to older women who, you know, a lot of times are kind of, kind of given up, you know, and, and, you know, I'm here to say, no, uh-uh. As Joan would say, we're not K-N-O-T done yet. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I have to say, you know, they say like, you know, even now in COVID, like in the beginning, I, I noticed changes in my own life. You know, they, that saying of like, you get old, it's really your mind. And it's like when you stop moving and then it's that plus when you stop moving. And so if you, right, like if you're out there still doing things, that's really how you stay youthful no matter what age you are. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that I like Joan Collins so much. She is... She goes 
dancing. She goes out. I mean, she's just, I mean, not during this COVID time, but yeah. before I, I, amazing, you know, and I, you know, I'm the same way. Having started out as a dancer, I have to move. I, it's just part of me. I play tennis almost every day. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and singles, not, you know, doubles, um, singles where I'm really running a lot. So yeah, moving, you have to keep, keep doing it. Yeah. And listen, I mean, and this isn't, you know, like you got right back to me, you were on zoom. I was like, you know, you just don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not even up on all the technology. When I started this podcast, I didn't even know how to use zoom. I mean, I know that sounds (laughs) insane, I've come a long way very far, but you know, it's just like staying. I think I'll always be that type of person too. That just stays. I can just, I know. And how do you, and then we really will wrap up two things. These are the last two things I promise you mentioned, you know, you play single. So I, I'm a single girl too. And I'm happy being a single girl at this point in my life. You know, you've been like single, like you've just been very, you know, and again, we are in a different world today, but like back in the day, you know, a woman is supposed to get married and have her children. And yes, you could have your career, but that comes, you just like, tell me about that. Like you're, you're, you're my inspiration from that sense. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I'm not married, have never married. Um, I know. Been with the same guy. Right. Like or, Goldie and Kurt. Um, huh? Like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Right. Uh, yeah. For about 20 years now, which is fabulous. Um, but we're not married. We won't see any reason to get married. You know, having a piece of paper isn't going to make it different. You know, it's, it's good. And, and I, I must say I would, had I never had the opportunity to be a mother, I don't think my life would have been complete my whole being would have would have been satisfied um so that's that's been very important to me um but you know i i've done it all myself you know when i when i adopted my daughter i was by myself you know and and you can you just yeah. you can. That's all, and that's that's what I want to. That's why I want to be inspirational to to women to say, you can, you can do it, you know. And and look at this, you know, I can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And this really is the last question. How do you want to be remembered from your career point of view? You know, like when people say like you know, you weren't just in Knott's Landing, like we just discussed, there's lots more to it. Like, what do you want people to say? You know, like. I, I, I would hope people think I'm a good actress. That's the most important thing to me. Um, you know, in, in, in all of my career, that's what I've striven for, is to be a good actress. I don't know if you know, but I did Driving Miss Daisy recently. I don't know if I knew that. On stage. Yeah. At the Colony Theater here in um, Burbank. And um, I did it because I didn't know if I could. I mean, I've done stage before, like a long time ago. 
uh, but I hadn't done it in a long time. And it was kind of a challenge to myself. Can I do this? There's only three people in the play. And it's a meaty part. I mean, you're there. Yeah. It's a wonderful part. It's a wonderful play. Um, And so, you know, and and it was very successful. and, And it was very gratifying to me. Because at this point in my career to try something kind of new like that and, and not sure if I can do it. And I, and when I, when I said, I do it, I said, you may fall down. You may, this may be really bad. I didn't, I, cause I wasn't sure if I could do it. And, um, you know, to take a chance like that was hard, but I'm glad I did it, you know? And I think that's what keeps you young just doing it, you know, even if it's hard, even if you don't think you can, just do it. And to want to be remembered, you know, for just being a good actress, like that's so pure. I mean, that, but that really is, that kind of sums it up. And a good mom, you know? Yeah. I mean, career-wise, good actress. Life-wise, a good mother. I love it. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, like get out there? Anything I didn't cover? I have my own agenda. So I like to give people an hour, you know, like a minute at the end. You took more than an hour, so I appreciate that. But like anything else I didn't cover that you just want to? No, you're, you're very good. You're very good. <laughs> Thank you. And listen, questions. I take that as a compliment because you've had, you've done many an interview in your life, Donna. So I, we have to give a big shout out to Gregory Zarian who made this happen, who the, the, my boyfriend of boyfriends, <laughs> I'll tell him I'm speaking to him tonight. I'll tell him you said hello. Right. I really, really, really appreciate you doing this. Well, it's been a pleasure. I'll, I will tag you on Instagram when it comes out. Okay. Where can people find you? Your daughter would be so proud, but for everyone listening that wants to follow you, where can they find you? Uh, the Donna Mills on Instagram. Yeah, and I have a uh, a, um, a website too. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, DonnaMills.com. I'll check that out too. It went. I know. We'll see. That's like you know. But I'm gonna check out the whole Zoom thing too, like for a touch up. But <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll keep in touch. I will friend you on Instagram. I will DM you. You're amazing. I would love that. Thank you for entertaining. And thank you for being so responsive. You get back right away. So I appreciate that too. Of course. Thank you. Awesome. to meet you. You too. Hugs and kisses. All right. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. 
or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.